If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Blog Talk Radio. It's Sunday evening, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They'll be taking your calls and speaking on the topic of the week. You're encouraged to call in and share some of your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again. 347-215-9442. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Pause I Am Radio. I am your host, Robert Brining, and I thank you for joining us. Uh, shortly, I will be joined by my co-host, Jeremy Dunn. I hope you all are having a great evening. Uh, Jeremy, are you with me? Yeah, I got a busy signal when I was trying to call in freaking pieces of crap. Gum- I mean, are uh, we live? Uh, are we on? Yeah. yeah, we're on. How you doing? Oops. I'm fine. <laughs> so how you been? I missed you last week. Yeah, I know. Anytime I'm not here, you miss me. Ouch. I'm good, actually. Um, went and saw the Addams Family yesterday. They came out with a new movie? Musical. Musical. How was it? Oh, it was fantastic. Our little Wednesday Adams is all growing up and getting, and and she got ma- and she's in love with a normal boy. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. It it really is kind of. It was a cute concept. Um, it was just it was fun and campy. And you know the gays. We we like our fun and campy. Right. We really do. We enjoy that. That's good. So, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I didn't, I didn't even know it was coming out. Oh, it's so. been out. Oh, see? Yeah, yeah. Nathan Lane and B.B. Newworth were starred in it on Broadway. Ah, oh, okay. That was yeah. something to see. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's good. It, it was just very funny. Um, loved Uncle Fester. Just, it was very, very good. Very, very good. So, and walking from the parking lot to the theater entrance, there's the steps that go down. My left ankle is all swollen. Oh, my God, it really is swollen. Holy smokes, I didn't even notice that. But I stepped off the step, and I missed the step. Wow. Holy smokes, I didn't realize how swollen it is, and I'm just looking at it. I've got a big bruise. (laughs) Jeez. Wow, I I did a number there. Hmm. Oh well, teach me to be trying to walk and talk and text at the same time. Never a good idea. <laughs> Never no, no, a good no. idea because you always miss that last step going down. Right. Oh, so enough about me. Let's talk about you. What do you think of me? <laughs> I think uh, I think you're great. <laughs> that was Absolutely. an awfully joke. That that was diplomatic. <laughs> I think you're great. I think you're just swell. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. So who who do we have on tonight? What what is what's going on tonight? What what do we got going on? Um, uh, uh we're gonna have a, actually a returning guest tonight. Ken Howard was on. Um, he is a uh, HIV positive therapist who uh, lives in California, and he has a new book uh, that just came out called Self Empowerment: Have the Life You Want. Um, and you know. It, it, it was coming out, and I thought it was a great time to have him back on because we haven't had him on since I think the very beginning when we like our first year. So I was like, let's go and we'll get an update and see how he's doing. He was writing it then. Okay, th- and now it's all coming back to me. I think so. I think he was writing it then. Okay, I, I'm I'm getting there. Yeah, no, yeah, it was um it was interesting. So I just wanted to get an update with him, and of course yeah. when. Somebody who was on before, they have something new coming out. I always love them to come back on and promote it because it's important that we allow those people to, you know, promote their good work. Oh, absolutely. And 
And I got to tell you, I, I read through his book, and there's a lot of good stuff in there. But I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to give it away too soon. And 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 I, I really want. Um, we we need to get Ken on the line so we can talk to him about about his book. But I, I think he has really um, hit on a couple of of points that I'm going to ask him about later on. So. So we'll talk about that when, when he yes. when he gets um, when on the line. When it's time, uh, yes, right. When it's the moment, the moment. Um, the moment. But, um, but before that, I want to talk about kind of the crazy HIV weekend that I had. Um, oh yes. On Saturday, um, I volunteered and helped organize a. Not, I didn't really help organize. I volunteered at the friggin' registration, um, but I also played in the the annual HIV kick. Um, tournament that they have here. And what it does is, uh, yesterday was National Latino AIDS Awareness Day. So what they do is in Center City, right, actually right next to Gino and Pat Steaks, you know, the famous place where people go to get cheesesteaks, um, there's a little soccer field, and they put this, you know, big, it's kind of like a, this sexual health event, but it's, you know, primarily focused to get people tested. They have a mobile uh, testing from the Mazzoni Center that comes down, and they set up one of those big, uh, what do you call it, Winnebago's, and, you know, you go in and get tested, rapid test, and uh-huh. yesterday was the first time, was was the time that they had the most um, people come and get tested. They had, like, I think it was, like, close to 40 people that came and got tested that day. There's a tournament wow. arranged, like, there's adults. Like, the men had two teams and the women adults had three teams. And then there's kids, you know, and the kids had four teams. So, you know, so it was game towards both, where a lot of people that played were mostly the kids. You know what I mean? But it was it was fun, and it was a great place to get, you know, information and, and to kind of mix it in the Latino community, and it was it was, it was was awesome. Isn't that cool? You know, it was like the whole, the whole event was in Spanish, so, like, every time something was said, I had to be like, what do you, like, to my friends, I'm like, what do you say? What do you say? Because <laughs> I, I didn't know what it was, and it was kind of, it was funny, but it was it was a good time, you know, and come on, you come out for a good cause and, and celebrate. Oh, that's you know it's always good to get out and talk about something um, very very serious, and um, and raise awareness and and have a good time with it. Uh huh. You know, and, and that's important. Yeah, I posted some photos from there of like the kids that were there playing. And I'll post more. I haven't gotten around to it, but you could just see they had so much fun. Like when they were out there playing, their heart was in it, and they were. Like, it was, it was a big tournament for them, you know? And it was something wow. they had a lot of fun with. And like I said, they had more people get tested this year than any of the previous years because this is the third year that they did it. Well, um, and great. actually, the Falcons, the soccer team that I play for here in Philly, they actually um, sponsor and help organize and run it. My friend Ed and, and Greg do it. So um, nice. that was fun. It was a really long day, but it was a lot of fun. Um, so that was nice. the first thing that I did, which was Saturday. Um, of course, Dad the Eighth Bear was with me. He's always with me when I go to these events. Um, <laughs> today, I had the Philadelphia AIDS Walk. Wow. So, yeah, it was, you know, every year I, I, I've been going since I've been active in the community. So this year, um, I ended up going with my friend Walter. Uh, Walter's gone before with me. And, you know, it was really cool because we were able to mix around and talk to people and, like, the whole point of the walk is, you know, to raise awareness and, and to, to see the quilt. And there's, like, all these different things that they do at this event. I mean, I don't know how big the AIDS walk is in your area, uh-huh. Like, But we have, like, they have, like, bands. They do a warm-up. They have yoga sessions. They do the names, you know, the reading of the names. And then they have, you know, a guest speaker come up and speak and the quilt's there. Do they have all that, I guess, at yours, too? They have something similar, yeah. I don't know if it's like you know if it's like same, like cookie cutter. Everybody does the same stuff, or no? I, I think it, you know it's different in, in each place. Um, uh, reading of the names. Yeah, they you, read names of um, people that have passed away from HIV/AIDS. From, from the very beginning. Um, I think it's uh, because that would take I, all night. Yeah, I think it's going to. I think it's just of the year. Like gotcha. Maybe of the year. Gotcha. And gotcha. so it's you know it's a really a nice piece to be, and you you just feel the love in the air. And this year, with all the amazing friends and support that 
you know, I have on Facebook and, and the people just that know me, they allowed me to raise over $1,000 for the AIDS Walk this year, which was the first time I ever raised, I think, any more than 500 They allowed so, you? you know, I'm sorry. I think they encouraged you to raise money. No, they donated the money. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's when wow. like, I was shocked at these people. Yeah, I, so many like nice and, and people that are, um, you know, that are that are able to afford to do this, and they they do it. And for me to donate it in my name, um, you know, it just shows, I guess, how they feel about me. And I just want to show the love back to them because it's incredible to have to know that the people would donate for that. You know, it's all about sharing the love. It, it is all about sharing the love. Absolutely, it is. Can, and, and I, you know, I just <laughs> what, what's that? Um, first Wives Club. Uh, the did you ever see that? A uh, hundred times. Okay, grow with love. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That that's what I'm thinking all of a sudden in my in my pea little my little pea brain. <laughs> but that that wasn't even the highlight of it. The highlight of it was there was that, more. Yes, there's more. Of course, the Philadelphia AIDS Law. Um, I got to, uh, you know, hang out with uh, Jack McEnroth, you know, the other co-host here on Pause I Am. So it was great to see him. And Mondo actually was there as well in, in Philly. Oh, great. You know, he, they, were the, they were the guest speakers. So I got to actually meet Mondo for the first time when we talked, and he's actually going to come on the show in uh, January. Oh, great. Because they just released, you know, the Project Runaway All-Stars, and he's on. he's a contestant on that. Oh, that's so, great. So supposedly, yeah, so he'll come back on talking about that. So, you know, that's something we can all look forward to, Mondo, in January. So Mark the Oh, calendars. yay. It'll be fun, yeah. So that that was, it was just awesome just to, you know, to be down there and just feel the love. And they put, like, all these really cool signs. You know, I told you before how they did the signs, and I'm sure you've seen the photos with every year in a statistic and, like, you know, whatever you are. I'm not trying to be ignorant, but I don't know the year. This year, Philadelphia came out and Tom Hanks won this. This year, Pedro was on MTV. Two years later, he passed away from AIDS. I mean, and all the statistics going down, and just it was just amazing. It was really cool this year. So yeah. that's my 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 rant of my HIV weekend. But you know what? I found myself talking about HIV a lot, and it was like not. I was like, my friend Walter, his birthday was Sunday. Happy birthday today! Happy birthday! Walter. Well, happy birthday, and Walter. The night before. Um, yes, last night we went out and we had, he wanted to go out and have, you know, a drink for his birthday, so we went out to this bar called the Westbury, and we were sitting there just hanging out and, you know, talking to people, and then all of a sudden, HIV, they, we were walking and the drink special was HIV, you know, the 50% of the proceeds or 100% of the proceeds go to HIV AIDS release in Africa, you know, this Belvedere vodka that you bought that night. And it was just weird, and then all of a sudden that came up, and the bartender told us that, and then all of a sudden it just, like, sparked this conversation about HIV and AIDS, and all of a sudden we're just all talking about it. It's just very weird because it's something I never spoke about before. Wow. You know? Like, I didn't go out and talk to people about HIV and AIDS before. And it's just kind of weird how I'm so comfortable. And it's just, for me, I think, I'm saying it because I think it'll encourage people to feel a little bit more comfortable because it gets easier. It does get easier, doesn't it? Like a total stranger, I'm sitting there telling them, yeah. you know, I'm HIV positive, I do this. You know, I'm sure you do it, too. Oh, you know, I do it all the time, and it just plops out of my mouth before I even realize what I had said. And um, oftentimes <laughs> it, it, it will be funny because I will say it, and then not just, you know, it's so matter-of-fact. It's da-da-da-da-da, yeah, you know, I, I'm living with HIV, da-da-da-da-da, yada-yada-yada. And I'm like, you know, ten chapters down, and their face is still frozen in that, like, huh, huh? <laughs> and and it's like, oh, yeah, first time you're hearing this. Okay, let me go back. Questions? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it it's so odd that you know, it, uh, I'm so comfortable with it. It's just very odd because I was always so insecure about it for the first five years. Very insecure about it. Yeah. I, I mean, that's I, – I think we all get that way. You know, it's I, – I think there's that um, 
the uh, and we could talk to um, Ken when he comes on about this too, because yeah. I, I, he he might be able to substantiate this. Just our my 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 own little theory and hypothesis is that when I think whenever you're given any kind of news that is life altering and life changing, um, we all go into that little bit of denial. You know that that whole I I really do think you go through a whole grieving process. Yeah. I, I do think I I really do think you you go through the what is it the five stages of grief, and and um and and eventually you get to the point of accepting. Right. Right. So so we'll we'll ask we'll ask Ken that question when he comes on. And we'll, 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 that. No, no, we will. Go ahead. No, 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 no. It's okay. It's your show. Uh, I know. Our show. Um, the other <laughs> thing I was going to ask you is, what do you think about when people come up to you and they ask you something about HIV because they know that you are HIV positive, and then they go, "I'm really sorry to ask you this," or um, "I don't." This may be a dumb question. You know what I mean? Do you get that a lot when people come up? I get and like, it. I get it all the time, and so. So any time I hear that it's a dumb question and my response back is the only dumb question is the one that's not asked. Right. So, you know, no no question is dumb. You know, everybody has a um a a point where they begin to learn. And um and and, and it's usually when they ask that first question. And that to, to me is thrilling. I agree. But the one thing I have to say is that I am actually, I feel so relieved. Like, I feel like this monkey isn't on my back. Uh-huh. You know, you know what I mean? Like, being so open about it. And I know, like, if you're going through a difficult time, there was somebody who was newly diagnosed um, on the website, on the Pause Network, and, you know, he, he kind of blogged about something and was talking about how he was thinking suicidal a little bit and, and things of that nature. And I reached out to him and it was kind of weird because on Saturday he uh, reached out to me and called me uh, while I was at my event, and I, I took the time to, you know, talk to him because I, 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 it was important. And just talking to having that interaction and being able to talk to him and make him feel better at the end of the phone call, you know what I mean? That it, just, that's why I like being so open about it because other people feel better about it when somebody else who has this is confident yeah. and okay with it. Well, you know, and in, in – Personally, I think that um, that all newly diagnosed folks need to seek out somebody who is positive and and get that mentorship, you know, so they can ask those questions, so they can, you know, be with someone who who understands and knows what they're going through. It's so important to have that um, that safety net. Um, and, but, but that, that said, the, the, the more experienced HIV positive person needs to have patience and Mm -hmm. needs to understand that, uh, not everybody gets to the same place at the same time. And some people take longer, some people, people don't take near as long. And, um, it's it is just very very it, it's a tricky situation so you know if if anybody out there who's hiv positive and has been for a while or feel that they're in a place where they can mentor a new a newly diagnosed person you know really ask yourself are you ready to be in that mentorship and that because you're going to be a support person you're going to be that um you're going to be part of the support network I agree. And, and good I'm for a couple you, people. Robert. What's good for you, but good for you for for being that mentor for for that guy, for that person. I mean, it really it made me feel like so like worth everything. You know, like it was so yeah. worth everything that I'm doing just to have that phone call. Yeah. Uh, if all it takes is one, then you've done your job. 
right. You know, right. It's, um, it's, just real quick, yeah. I have a couple people online, and a lot of people okay. have their number blocked. So I don't know if one of them is our guest. So if Ken is on the line, I just want him to press the number one button, which should let me know that he wants to speak to the host, and I will bring you on. If you're just listening, then just stay. And it is Ken. So I'm going to go ahead and bring our guest on tonight. Ken Howard, welcome to the show. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. Well, good. We're, we're glad on. to have you. You're, you're still three hours into your day. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's still a little after six in L.A. time. <laughs> nice, nice little sunset. We are dragging here, so you got to keep up the pace, Ken. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> the, the, we are resting everything on your shoulders today. <laughs> Just a little pressure, huh? <laughs> no pressure. Let's go. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> So, Ken, I know you have this new book, you know, that just came out, and I want to kind of, for people who may not have listened to the show when you were on previously or um, maybe first time listening to Positive Radio tonight, um, Uh can you give us a little bit of a background of, like, your story of when you were diagnosed? Well, my story, coming up on uh, 21 years, November 3rd. It was November 3rd, 1990. And that was right around the time that I started uh, some of the prerequisites for grad school and then went to grad school. And since then, I've been a licensed therapist now. And uh, I'm in full-time private practice in West Hollywood, which is, you know, part of Los Angeles or part of Los Angeles County. It's its own city known as the creative city, or some people just call it the gay city. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is the gay city. I grew up there. Oh. Yeah. We hope. Yeah. Yay. Anyway, so you know, and I worked at a lot of the uh, the aid service organizations in LA County, and and was co-chair of the LA County HIV Mental Health Task Force for many years, and uh, co-chair of the annual HIV Mental Health Conference. So we were always, you know, advocates about the mental health aspects of HIV, of which there are many. <laughs> oh my gosh, aren't there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be 21. Last year was really significant with you know hitting like the 20 year mark and the two decade mark. You know, now that now that it's 21, I just want to go out and buy my virus a drink. You know, <laughs> get that old virus plaster. You know, drinking for two now. You know, <laughs> double them up. <laughs> oh God, take it out. Take have your way with him. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's funny. So, but the so good Ken, news is, talk- is that it doesn't talk back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was so thinking Ken, yesterday, been- my, my virus is as old as the lead singer of the boy band that I saw perform yesterday at the big mall. Now, this cute, 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 cute lead singer of this boy band. I thought, oh, he's 21. <laughs> he could be my virus, you know. But- <laughs> Tell him that. <laughs> yeah, right, you. exactly. I dare you. Old as my HIV virus. <laughs> now, there's an opening line. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, you'll never get a date again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is. Oh, so that, if that, I had, if when giggle. I get to 21 years, I will be stealing that line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, you know, you, you've been living with HIV for 21 years, and you're a 10-year cancer survivor as well. Yeah, yeah, that's actually, this year's kind of the, you know, the 10-year, uh, and right around now, right around now was the first, uh, you know, kind of uh, symptoms of that and all that. And I was just, you know, extremely lucky in the sense that, you know, my cancer battle was a lot less arduous than other people's. But, you know, that I think that was actually as scary as, as the HIV, really. Um, it really, that's that's a scary one, you know. Well, and then you know, also I, December is coming up on the one year anniversary of my second hip replacement. I had one in 2008 from HIV related avascular necrosis, and then uh, the the right one held on for a few couple more years, and then I did that uh, December a year ago. So. I'm always reluctant to say that, though, because I don't mean to scare people that everyone who has HIV, you know, has to have hip replacements. You know, vascular necrosis only happens to some, but it happened in my case. So, but I had a really good surgeon, and I had really good physical therapy, and now I I don't even realize that I have 
you know, artificial hips until I like go through an airport metal detector or something. <laughs> so and then they're like, oh yeah. <laughs> so it's a lot of anniversaries this year. Wow. Yeah. So well, the happy anniversary all around. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So the the book, in a certain sense, commemorates the anniversaries. My goodness. Awesome. Goodness. 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 So tell. So um, you are still practicing. Yes. 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 Yeah. So um, you still haven't. Qu- I'm not going to make that joke. Still <laughs> 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 so haven't perfected it yet. <laughs> Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, I was listening to what you were saying, you know, about the, um, you know, the stages when someone's newly yeah. diagnosed, and and my ears were really perking up, and um, you know, I think that's true because that, that's what I do. I mean, I I work with all kinds of people. Um, I specialize in working with gay men, and then occasionally, I work with people who are positive, and occasionally I work with straight people. But you know, I'm kind of the go-to person in in L.A. or in Southern California. Um, especially for people who are just, you know, freaked out because they're newly diagnosed. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the clinical term for it. It's just freaking out. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and sometimes, um, you know, they'll come in, you know, once or twice and they're not they're not ready to really talk about it or work on it. They're still in the denial stage, you know, the Kubler-Ross denial stage. Um Others, you know, one that happened last week where a guy th- really thought that he was exposed and uh, he was waiting for his test and on pins and needles and then it ultimately came back negative. So, um, you know, so I work with guys who are not only newly diagnosed or ones who are at risk and then it starts to be about, you know, some risk reduction talk and, and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which usually has a lot to do with, uh, you know, Finances or self-esteem or something like that. So, I had a great question and it just popped out of my head. <laughs> yeah, I, when, I when come did back. you begin writing this, Ken? Um, it, you know, it took a long time because I'm so busy with my practice. You know, my practice is just all day, Monday through Friday, and so, you know, I wrote it in tiny little pieces, like at night, you know, when everything was quiet and. And occasionally, if a morning, or if I had a cancellation and I had a free hour, but uh, you know, it, it took several years, and the outline was done early, and then I just actually wrote it in order of the chapters, and uh, and then of course, you know, the production part of it, it was, it, you know, I finished writing it, and then I had to learn how to publish, <laughs> which, uh, you know, that was its Not own, fun. that was its own adventure. And in fact, I'm still, I mean, the book came out at the end of July, and I'm still waiting it for it to be. Uh, Available on Amazon right now. It's available on Lulu, L-U-L-U dot com, and that's the publisher. But uh, Amazon has a lot of books to catalog, so they have kind of a backlog. But it is available for uh, Amazon Kindle. So. Yeah, that, I was reading about that. I was out on um, looking at Smashwords, your uh-huh. book, your way, and I yeah. was thing where um, yeah, it's available there. It. Smashwords dot yeah. com, Barnes and Noble dot com for Nook, Amazon, all the you know the ebook readers, and then if you want the you know the old school paperback or the hardcover, it's uh, on Lulu. I gotta tell you, and, and I'm gonna go off track here just for a minute. Mm-hmm. I haven't bought a real book in over a year because all of my books wow. are on my iPad. Wow, that's great. Uh, it, and I find that I actually read more. Huh. Yeah. yeah go figure, huh? Yeah. Yep. Anyway, I digress. We come back to Ken. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Ken, tell us a little about uh, tell us a little bit about your journey through um, through putting this book together. Well, I think it was the the book is kind of a reflection of my practice, and and my practice, I think, is a in some ways a reflection of my life. I mean, I think. Um, I, I say that I talk about this in the book a little bit about how you know it's. I also have another ebook out that's on Amazon called Positive Outlook: um, Inspiration, Motivation, and Support for Living with HIV Today. That's that's just on Amazon Kindle as an ebook for now, and then we'll do other versions later. But um, you know, I, I say it in there too about you know I really started to be. I wanted to to become a therapist. Um, for a long time, but you know, really, the height of the AIDS crisis kicked it into high gear. So, um, 
you know, I just felt like I had to do something, and I just didn't feel quite cut out to become a doctor because I just I wasn't that interested in math and science. I hadn't had a lot of classes in that in college, and it would have been a big deal to have to go back to medical school, and I just felt other people could do that better. But I did have more of an, an interest and an aptitude in the mental health aspects. And so I started volunteering as just a volunteer trained uh, peer counselor kind of thing called the Phone Buddy Program at AIDS Project Los Angeles. And, um, you know, and then just it went from there. I did the the application process, uh, ended up at the USC, University of Southern California School of Social Work. And just last week I was invited to teach there. They want me to teach the uh, LGBT social work course. So Oh, wow. Very excited about that. Congratulations. Thanks. Thanks. So, I, you know, it comes full circle coming home to my alma mater. But I love the program because they, they let me work with gay men, and then I was able to do some HIV work um, at the L.A. Gay and Lesbian Center, where my first internship was. And then um, I worked at a psych hospital just for, you know, the psychiatric experience. And then uh, it was soon after that that I got a job that was funded by L.A. County Office of AIDS Programs and Policy to be the HIV counselor for uh, positive people at a homeless shelter in Hollywood, which has been torn down and it's now a target. But <laughs> but I was the, uh, the, the HIV oh. counselor on staff there. So And that's when I started writing about HIV and homelessness. And uh, so and then it evolved from there. And then uh, did that until about 2004 and then went out on my own in my own practice, So which I do either in person or on the phone. Okay. So they don't so, have to I mean, necessarily live in California to see, you know, your patients. Right. They they do for psychotherapy for insurance reimbursement, but for the phone coaching that I do, um, it can be by phone, and that, and that can be anywhere in the country. We just have to call it coaching instead of therapy, and it and we can't do an insurance bill for it. So. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That was one of the questions that was tweeted to me. So. I was going to say that, you know, what was happening in my work, you know, kind of reflected what was happening, you know, in my personal life. Like uh, my best friend that, that I had been tested with, we had never been boyfriends or been involved with each other. We were the same age. We'd gone to high school together. And uh, he tested positive in kind of summer of 1990 and then uh, you know when his test came back positive I thought oh boy you know I'm we're both only 26 I better get checked again and then I got tested again and then it was positive that time so um, you know we were both 26 and we thought at that time we were like oh that just happens to you know older guys in you know Silver Lake in LA or <laughs> or uh, or you know in Greenwich Village Sorry. of New York or something like I, that. I didn't I didn't mean to blurt out that laughter when you said Silver Lake because <laughs> I can relate. Yeah. Well, you know, because it's like in yeah. West Hollywood is generally known for the younger guys in L.A. and Silver Lake is generally known for the older guys. And yeah. I was just being my little, you know, cocky little ageist self, which has really come back to bite me. But, um, <laughs> you know, but, you know, he, uh, but my, my best friend and I had, had tested together and, um, and then he finally passed away in 1998. Um, and, and it was a funny story because, you know, 1998 is after the advent of protease inhibitors, but he had gotten involved in more or less a cult that um, was influencing him not to take meds and to only buy their vitamins. They made their own vitamins and their own water filters. And he got brainwashed into thinking that these were better than medications. And by the time he realized that that was a mistake, it was too late. And uh, so, you know, ever since then, you know, I've really had a, uh, you know, I, I really have a keen eye about, uh, you know, charlatanism in HIV. I think there's, I, and, and misinformation, I think there's a lot of that. Well, yeah. it's that, all that denial is. Yeah. And, and I'm going to use a completely non clinical term it's all that denialist bullshit yeah my language you know Absolutely. it really is because it really is you know it really is messing um you know with people's lives and 
I think that if he hadn't gotten involved in that cult, I think he would be alive today, and that's you know that's a very sobering thought. It really but, is. Yeah. Yeah, so, because that was right about the time I started speaking at conferences, and it was right about the time I started publishing articles, and, you know, and it just, I think it created kind of the the fire in my belly that's still there. I mean, I think losing a lot of people in the early days of the AIDS crisis created somewhat of a fire in my belly to do this work, and then I think that, you know, certainly spurred it on. And I think what what continues it is a, is a continuing need, because... You know, people need the help and, and fighting stigma. I've worked with a lot of people on fighting stigma. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm I'm not too happy about, you know, the persistence of stigma. This is now 30 years into the epidemic, and you still have people walking around thinking that you can get HIV from a water fountain or from a handshake, right. you know. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like, you know, and I look at that and I think, what's wrong? You know, wh- what's wrong about our public health system? What's wrong about medical education, what's wrong about education in America in general that you still have so many people, including gay men, I might add, who are just so petrified of HIV that they just can't think clearly, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm I'm married to an HIV-negative guy. We've been together for over nine years, and we got married before Prop 8 hit in California. We were one of the 18,000 couples. And, you know, I always kind of say to people, you know, we can do it. Anybody can do it. You know, it's. Um, I'm kind of a big believer in serodiscordant uh, relationships for that reason. But yet, you have a lot of HIV-negative gay men who won't go near a positive man to date him because of just fear. And you know, it, that, that's just not rational. You can actually have a very active sex life and be a serodiscordant couple. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I wanted to ask you, um, with with the book and the and the, the published the publishing of your book, uh-huh. is it safe to say that you could use this as a tool um, to get people who aren't um, oh what's the word self empowered <laughs> no adhering adhering to their meds uh-huh. because um, to me I, I think getting people into treatment and um and I what I mean treatment I mean uh HIV treatment HIV therapy uh-huh. and and coupling that with mental health care and self empowerment exactly is crucial to get them to take their meds it's crucial to get them into a safe environment yeah Do you agree? I, I I talk about that in the the health chapter of uh self empowerment have the life you want about all the different tips I've learned over the years about dealing with doctors and how to think about your health care, um, you know, in more general terms. Because the, the book is actually for a general audience, for a general adult audience. It's not necessarily gay-specific or HIV-specific. And I wanted to do that because I wanted it to reach a very wide audience and be just, you know, uh, a self-help book. The um, the book that's on for Amazon Kindle about positive outlook has several essays about um, dealing with the emotional aspects of getting your numbers back, like your viral load or your CD4, um, your or any blood test numbers, I think that have an emotional effect, and then just just kind of understanding it all because it's, you know, it really is a language. I think I think to learn to live with HIV well, you have to learn an incredible a glossary of vocabulary terms to understand it. Yeah, it's overwhelming. Yeah, because it, it really is it's so much because you know what do you talk do you talk about the fact that you know every medication has two names the chemical name and the brand name or do you talk about um you know the different uh certainly a lot of abbreviations um, Oh, yeah. You know, even HIV is an abbreviation. You know, it's kind of yeah. uh you know, a friend of mine who teaches um he works with the UCLA School of Public Health and he and I used to do a lot of conference work together. And uh, it was an offshoot of the UCLA School of Nursing. But uh, he gave a presentation one time um, on the U.S.-Mexico border and, you know, was well into it talking about all this kind of stuff. And he said, any questions? And a guy raised his hand and said, yeah, what's a cell? Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. He was like, oh, boy, we really have to back up here because, you know, I, I think in order to understand HIV, 
especially for people who are newly diagnosed, you know, you really have to go back to, you know, any kind of classes you've had in biology about, oh, you that's know. That's biology 101. Yeah, exactly. And and yeah. some people, you know, have, I mean, I only had, uh, you know, I was a theater major in college. I didn't have more than, I think, one biology class. I, mean, I, I would, had too. I, you know, I had to learn all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. You, know, um, it, you did have to learn all that stuff. And, but so, what do you? And, and I've been I'm flipping through through pages in the book because I wanted to ask you a couple of questions specifically oh, sure. um, mm. about. You talk about you know you have this whole section on on mental health, going from defining and the issues and symptoms and and how um, mental health is um, many times a, um, of non, uh, it's, a, it's a sign of, not, of no symptom. In a sense, yeah. Yeah. In a sense, yeah. I think that's a thing. That, that's, that's true, you know, with doctors sometimes when they, when they do a, a manual physical for somebody, you know, it's, uh, that they just it's unremarkable, you know, their their symptoms are unremarkable, they're just fine. You know, if nothing hurts, you know, nothing looks weird, nothing feels weird and nothing functions weird, then, you know, we're considered generally healthy. And I think that that's kind of true with mental health too. You know, if if you you know, if you don't have paranoia, if you don't have hallucinations, if you don't have uh, you know, poor contact with reality, then you're you don't have schizophrenia. You know, if you don't have obsessions, you don't have compulsions, you probably don't have obsessive compulsive disorder. It's kind of a, um, it's kind of like a zero sum thing. I mean, I think there are certain, you know, indicators of mental health that indicate the presence of mental health. I think uh, things like a sense of humor and uh, a general optimistic outlook and um, a sense of gratitude, a sense of productivity. In, in both your home and your work, um, or you know, if you're on disability and, and, and you're not working, then some other form of purpose, you know, up up to your abilities, you know. So it, it, mental health, I think, can be defined as either you know the presence of symptoms, or maybe it's the absence of symptoms, and maybe it's the presence of you know the good things. We want that. I always say in therapy that you know therapy is the process of reducing the bad in your life and increasing the good. So you talk about in your book, um, and, and I'm going to plug it again. It's uh, um, self empowerment, have the life you want. Uh huh. By by Ken Howard. Uh huh. And we have the author on the line with us. <clears throat> I sounded like a real radio show. <laughs> Available at Lulu.com. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, That's very exactly. sweet. Cause it's, you know, I, I re- I'm just excited about the book, and I want to, you know, to share it with people and, um, you know, and get feedback from it. It's fun to hear what people's favorite chapter is because it's it's always something different. It, it you know, and, and and as I read through it, and um, and I'm probably what I'm going to end up doing is because I've read it quickly over the last couple of weeks. So uh-huh. I'm probably going to go sit back down and actually read it and, and, <laughs> yeah. and read, you know, every word. But um, you, you really get where I get the, the, the point from all of this is we make the choice to get what we want out of life. Yeah. And yeah, if we choose so. not to, you know, if we choose to, allow um our siblings or our our spouses or our children or our you know if we allow those external forces that we can't control into our life and and affect us in a negative and in, in a as you say in a toxic in a toxic way uh-huh. um then we probably won't get the life that we really or we probably have the life that we really want because we're yeah. choosing to go down that path yes yeah. Uh, yeah, you really have to make a conscious decision that you're not going to buy into helplessness. You know, the, I mean, I think the external world has to cooperate a little bit. I mean, I, I work with people in the recession who are unemployed who are really working hard to find a job and they're not finding one. You know, at, at some point, you know, the, the external world does have to cooperate. But um, it's. I keep going back to what Jack Canfield said in his book that I like so much called The Success Principles. And he said, event plus response equals outcome. 
you know, lots of events can happen to people, like being diagnosed with HIV or having a car accident or having an illness or having a death in your family or something, you know, or getting a pink slip, you know, at work. Lots of events can happen. It's our response to them that that affects the outcome. You know, because you know, one guy can get a pink slip at work and get laid off, and you know, go to the bar on his way home from work, you know, from work, and you know, drink and drive and crash his car and kill somebody and spend the rest of his life in jail. Or the same person can get that same pink slip and go straight home and sit down on their computer and update their resume and call 20 friends and tell them, hey, I got laid off today. I'm looking for a job. You know, send out 10 resumes the next morning and sign up for all the, the job hunting things online and have a job, you know, in a week. You know, same pink slip, very, very different response and outcome. And and really, you could say that about anything. No, no you're absolutely right. Um Give me. Can you give our the um, our listeners who who haven't had the opportunity yet to um, read the book, uh-huh. um, it, just kind of a, a glimpse in one of your case studies that you did. And, and I'm actually interested in Simone. Uh huh. Tell us why you picked Simone at, for your case study in in this particular instance. Well, you know, that that's actually based on a real person. And, of course, because therapists are always, you know, interested in, in confidentiality, um, we, you know, Simone is, I, I kind of have to think about who the real person was and who Simone is in the book. <laughs> you know. um, so, I'll you know, give you a hint. I think it's the, um, it's all about the... Uh, the family chapter. The family, yeah, the, yeah. Family, yeah. the family structure. That one was really, um, you know, it, it struck me because, you know, the real summit was, was such a a wonderful lady, you know, in her own right, but, you know, she, she lived in her father's shadow. And, you know, it's, I think it's about um, societies we live in and, and, and the position we have in society, it's a little bit like, you know, I mean, being the good queen that I am, I mean, it's a little bit like Judy Garland and Liza Minnelli. You know, it's like, you know, growing up in the shadow of your mom being this great star and yet, you know, having a career all your own and, you know, winning an Oscar and all that stuff. You know, for Simone, she really had to learn um, what it was like, you know, to love her family, to love Gordon, her father, but also to you know, take responsibility for her own addiction, um, you know, her, her cocaine addiction damn near killed her. And, um, you know, and then fortunately, you know, she got to the program. I work with a lot of people in the AA program. I'm not in it myself, but I always call it myself a friend of the family because um, they really, uh, I, I think the combination of recovery in the 12 steps and therapy is, is uh, a really good combination. That that's how a person really gets better. You know, I, I saw her really improve with the combination of therapy and AA, and a good wow. relationship too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really you know, and, and I have to say that folks, we have literally, um, I'm doing math here, and this isn't good. Okay. We have about 12 minutes left <laughs> of the hour. I mean, this this has flown by. We, I mean. Yeah, it's it's you know thank God this is a billable hour for you. Yeah, yeah see fun. exactly. Fun. <laughs> um, so uh, it's really the the book is really geared in a tool set for for people to read and guide them through making healthy choices. Yes, and I think to give them a perspective to really set them up for success. You know, the tagline, I mean, the the title, Self-Empowerment, Have the Life You Want, but the tagline is how to close the gap between how life is and how you would like it to be. And I think there's always, you know, and and that's a process. You know, um, somebody asked me recently, do I have the life I want? You know, there's still goals that I have, and there's still, you know, dreams and visions that I work toward, but, you know, getting closer all the time, and you know, and and how to close the gap between how life is and how you would like it to be, in different areas of your life, whether it's your health, your mental health, your career, your finances, your family, your spirituality. That's a big chapter in the book, and your role in the community. I, I think role in the community is a really 
important thing too because it helps you feel like you're a part of that you're not just you and all your you know successes and failures and problems and attributes and all that but you're really doing that in a community context because we we really can't get by without each other no it, it you know Hillary said it takes a village exactly exactly yeah. and so you know, it kind of gets you... people with the right mindset in all those different areas and then it's kind of like okay armed with that then you can go out and you know close that gap i always say it's working toward the the ideal vision of your professional self everything that you want to do in your career um or your hobbies or or whatever because i work with a lot of people in disability and in career issues and in those senses are really about sense of purpose about what gives life enjoyment to them and then uh you know your ideal personal self you know, living well as a single person, finding a partner if that's what you want, having a good relationship if you're already in a relationship, and a lot of stuff on the in the relationship chapter. Because I work with a lot of couples, I do a lot of couples therapy. Wow, that's it's fun because cool. it works. You know, I I love seeing couples improve like that because, you know, sometimes you know couples therapy will help a couple go from being not very happy to being actually really happy, which that's that's really nice. Um, one of the things I wanted to um, point out was you said you know you wrote this book because you wanted people. A lot of people fear going to a therapist. There's like that kind of taboo. They don't want to go. They think oh yeah, they have that kind of like that stigma to it. And you kind mm-hmm. of wanted to give them the you know the the insights of kind of what it was like by including like the case studies. And stuff. Why do you think that that taboo is there? Or that that stigma of going to a therapist. Well, I think, you know, they teach this in, in grad school programs for mental health that, you know, I mean, there there has been, you know, historically a lot of stigma, and, and the mental health field has really earned it in some cases. You know, movies like The Snake Pit and, you know, these movies where, you know, mental institutions were just hell on earth. And, you know, and before the days of, uh, you know, very established patients' rights, and, you know, and there's a lot of misinformation out there. You know, when Tom Cruise really took, um, what's her name? Oh, she's in she's in Adam's family now, Brooke Shields. You know, he really took her to task for taking an antidepressant after pregnancy because he's a Scientologist and they don't believe in that. You know, so, um, and I work with people sometimes who, you know, may be very depressed or, or have another condition that needs medication and they don't want to do it because... You know, they've heard bad stories about it. And, you know, some people take medications and have side effects and some people don't. But I think you have to work with real information, not just rumor. You know, so there's, there, you know, the stigma is in some ways it's founded, but in some ways it's also, um, you know, an unfounded fear. I, I once worked with a guy on a first session. He said, you know, I had your business card on my desk for a year before I got the guts to call you. And, you know, it's a really humbling experience. I don't think of myself as being that big and scary, but, you know, I know <laughs> okay, the wait, process. Wait, Ken, have you seen you? <laughs> have you? Maybe it's that third eye I have. I don't know. You know <laughs> it's those guns you've got. Ken, <laughs> those guns. <laughs> I, but, I don't you know, I, I, mean, I, I really do promise, you know, I, I promise I don't bite, you know. <laughs> I bite my off hours, you know. <laughs> <laughs> don't bite my off hours. <laughs> Here in the chat room um, from oh, Ken, cool. he asked, um, "Do you believe in is it Kubler Ross model of yeah. the grieving process?" Yeah, I mean, I'm not like a super expert in Elizabeth Kubler Ross. I mean, I think I like you know read her book probably 15 years ago, um, and I think that you know it's you know she had the theory about um, coming to terms with death or, or coming to terms with terminal illness of uh, anger, bargaining, denial depression and acceptance and um you know i've seen that i i think she she was very observant i think those stages are very present um i think people can have some of them but not all of them i think that they can have uh different stages some are shorter some are longer but definitely when somebody is facing you know either an hiv diagnosis or just another type of really big stressor i mean i, I think people went through a lot of of the Kubler-Ross stages after 9/11, we all went through that. You know, at, at first it was, you know, kind of a denial or a disbelief of, you know, um, and certainly a lot of anger and, uh, 
you know, and I think now with the 10th anniversary of 9-11, it, it's a certain amount of acceptance of, you know, okay, this happened, but let's hope it doesn't happen again. You know, and, and I think people need help through those stages because, the, you know, those are challenging emotions. All of those, you know, it, every one of them except acceptance is is kind of stressful. Acceptance is kind of the the last stage and, and the nicest stage, but you know, nobody wants to be, you know, angry or depressed or sad. And and sometimes you can go and and revert back to yeah. the Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can. If, if any type of, uh, in a period of stress or in a period of loss, you can regress to uh, a previous stage. I think I had a little bit of that. You know, I mean, I think there was a time um, after my first hip replacement where, you know, I was just working really hard in physical therapy and I was getting better, but it was hurting a little bit. And, you know, there was just one moment there where I just kind of had this moment of sadness. And even then I was like, ah, you know, Kubler-Ross, I'm, I'm back at the uh, the depression stage about, you know, why do I have to deal with this? But I, you know, got back on the horse and went back to physical therapy and worked and worked and, uh you know, and I feel great now. So, you know, I, I think when people go through those stages, it's it's just a signal that they need support. They need to talk to a loved one or they need to talk to a therapist or they need to get out their Louise Hay, you know, CDs or they need to do something. You know, they need to do something to support themselves. Or they can read self empowerment. <laughs> <laughs> read his book. Read Ken Howard's book. I call it the portable psychotherapist. <laughs> so, Ken, you're also on Twitter. Um, I just found you on Twitter, so um, I yeah, I'm on know that. Twitter and on Facebook. Um, on Facebook, I have two fan pages: the Ken Howard um, Counseling Psychotherapy and Coaching page for gay men, and uh, the Self Empowerment Have the Life You Want fan page on Facebook, and then also I have a podcast that's on uh, Zune, Z-U-N-E dot com, or in Podcast Alley, or just iTunes. Um, I need feedback on the iTunes one, so if anybody wants to leave a comment on the podcast. But the the podcast, <laughs> Have the Life You Want with Ken Howard, LCSW, that gets over a 1,000 downloads a month, which is really cool in countries all over the world, and it's really kind of fun that, you know, my podcast voice is all over the world, even to places that I don't really don't really get to, but it, it's kind of fun to, you know, I, I just wonder what the podcast listeners in Sri Lanka are thinking of the show, <laughs> but, but I'm glad that they do it, so, but it's it's fun to do. Okay, right, I have a we we, we're down at three minutes, two minutes oh, well. left of the show. Can you believe this? Wow. It's quick. I don't want it to end. I know. Wait, I'll come back sometime. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. If you'll, if you'll have me, I would love to. Oh, we'd love oh, to have yeah. you back. And next time we'll we'll have. Are there any know, more we'll questions have... from people? Um, right now I don't have any coming from the chat room right now. We have our. I mean, I would right wonder with the, the person. I, I kind of. I mean, going back to the person who did ask the question. You know, do I believe in the Kubler Ross stages? I mean, I think. You know, Kubler Ross's stages were a theory. And, you know, there's lots of, of theories in psychotherapy, and, and sometimes we subscribe to them and sometimes we, we discard them in favor of other theories or, or even our own. And, um, you know, and I'm a little worried about which stage the person was in that was asking me about Kubler-Ross because, you know, as, as I said, I think most of those stages is a person needs support. So I, I think if that person asking the question, you know, is going through one of the, the stages, um I would ask him or her, you know, what kind of support he or she needs. Um, uh, the so we are, yeah, we are um, almost down. So what I want to do is I, I, I want to make sure we get your, your website out. People can go and get um, the book at uh, com, right? Yes. Yes. Or they can just go to, directly to Lulu, L-U-L-U dot com, and then just search for self-empowerment or search for Ken Howard, L-C-S-W, stands for Licensed Clinical Social Worker, and uh, and they'll find any either hardcover or paperback or just on Amazon if you have a Kindle. Right. And what is your website where people can go if they would like to come see you? Uh, that is Gay Therapy L-A 
Therapist.com. It, it, it also is named uh, Pause Therapist. If you just go to PauseTherapist.com, there will be articles there. Um, a lot of the articles that are in the, the Positive Outlook ebook on Amazon are actually on the website, too. It just depends on what kind of format you want. But uh, PauseTherapist.com has other articles and other goodies. That's great, Ken. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. Ken, this was just a fantastic... I, I, I had a great time this hour. I did, I did, too. Thanks so much. Thank you. You're welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And remember, folks, you can find more information on our guest at PodTherapist.com. His book, you can be found... Um, Self-Empowerment, Have the Life You Want by Ken Howard can be found at lulu.com. More information on Jeremy Down at PositivelySpeaking.com. More information on myself and the radio show at PositiveLand.com. Have a great night, Jeremy. You too. All right, see you next week. Good one.